This is your Chargers linebacker, Darren Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into this show, bless you. <laughs> Bless you, because, oh, my sweet Jesus, what the hell was that? Dan Walkenstein, Jake Hafner here with you from the LA Football Network. Uh, Got to give kudos to Dan for this one right off the bat. You know, normally our format is that we do our preview show beginning of the week. We do our recap. In this particular circumstance, I'm texting with Dan when the Chargers are down 42 to nothing, and I'm saying to myself, like, what in the hell is the point of a recap? Uh, because there's really nothing to say. There really is nothing to say for where this Chargers team is at right now after that loss to the Raiders. So came up with the idea, let's do an emergency live show, and because Dan and I really don't have anything left to say. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I barely admittedly wanted to do a preview game for the Chargers Raiders game because after Justin Herbert going down, there's really not that much to say. So this show now becomes for everybody else. Uh, Dan Wilkinstein, sir, at what point did you turn the game off? Oh, boy. The game did not get turned off, but the game certainly took a backseat to other family events happening. And rightly so, that was an absolute disgrace, embarrassment, joke. Uh, talk about like a crescendo of epic proportions. Prime time under the lights, the entire nation, the world, whatever euphemism you want to use. Everyone saw how horrendous this Chargers team performed, has played played tonight is constructed is coached you name it top to bottom that was arguably the worst chargers loss in terms of like embarrassment mismatch missed opportunities mistake i mean you put a list of anything that can go wrong it went wrong in that game and i think it shined a light it was like a magnifying glass on an ant in the past. Like, it, all bad. And so here we are. Live show. And we're actually going to be on ESPN Radio with this one. 
So uh, this is going to be interesting. We've got so many people here in the chat. And this is for all of you. And like Jake said, there's not much more that Jake and I can say that isn't or hasn't already been said on socials by national pundits, local pundits, by fans, by critics, everyone. Like the Chargers, Brandon Staley, are trending due to embarrassment, and rightly so. Dan, friend of the show, Jeff Miller, I'm not sure if you caught his tweet, LA Times, put it out, said he's like, I've been in this business for 40 years, and that is probably the worst loss that I have ever seen covering the National Football League. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. Shout out to Young West, uh, $5 donation. We appreciate you. This brand of football, he says, is disgusting to watch. I'm furious as a fan and embarrassed usually your team gets better in a decade but not this team what can you say i I, I can't there are facets you can say are better but like young west i hear you eddie jake jake after smiling trying to hold the pain in I don't even think that's true, honestly. Jake's in full draft mode right now. Like, tonight was a good day for Jake. My smile is for a much different reason. <laughs> definitely not holding pain. It's more of how I deal with the situation. But definitely not tr- trying to hold pain in. Oh, yeah. Kevin A says, wonder what tweets Keenan had to erase watching this game. We've seen historically him tweet some things that then had to have discussions with other teammates or coaches sure Keenan wasn't happy about this. Dan, some, uh, you know, news obviously coming in from the press conference. I know. Yes. And as, as we go, this is live. As we go through, yes. if things come in in the chat or Jake, me, we'll try to bring it to you as we go. Yeah. So th- uh, I'm not listening to, I know you're listening to it, but we're collecting everything that's coming in off of social media right now. It's from Andrew Siliano on Twitter. Reporter asked Staley, Brandon Staley, do you expect to be the coach tomorrow? Brandon Staley says, I don't know that. Do you, and he says, and then the reporter says back, do you think you should be? Staley says, yes. This is something that obviously has been battling just in conversation, essentially since the Jacksonville debacle. Personally, from and I've said this many times, the way that the organization works, I don't believe that the Spanoses are going to do this. As much as today would have been the cherry on top, the emphatic, you know, final nail to hit the floor for Brandon Staley. I get that and totally understand anybody's opinion on that. I'll just say this. I would be surprised if the Chargers do terminate Brandon Staley before the end of the season. And not from the standpoint to say whether he should or he shouldn't be. I'm more just saying I would be surprised based on what the organization has shown us. And maybe, Dan, that's a microchasm of this team, this organization, this front office being content, and maybe they need to get out of the usual routine that they traditionally do. JNut23, greetings from Des Moines, Iowa. Been tweeting for a while. First live show. Welcome to a live show. Again, these live shows are honestly probably the things that Jake and I enjoy most because we love interacting and actually listening to what fans have to say about this team and about this game and now about the season, the franchise. Like that was that was as embarrassing of a loss as I have ever seen. Not just my teams, just 
flat out. Top to bottom, brutal. Jake, beginning of the season, back in, G- I think it was January or February, I gave my red lines for what this team needed to do and what Brandon Staley specifically needed to do for, in my opinion, him to stay. And I had all these things about, like, the Chargers need to be top five in offense, fail. Top five in defense or improvement in defense, fail. Top five in rushing offense or improvement in rushing offense, fail. Improving, like, all fails for the most part. And at the bottom, I said, they must have at least a divisional round appearance. The red lines crossed. Brandon Staley is not the coach for me. Correct. There have been many things, there are many writings on the wall, and you can give as many excuses as you want. And while Brandon Staley may have not had all the tools that he probably wishes that he would have liked, all of the collective brain trust, all of the shared vision, all of the free agents and whatever, bad luck, some bad supporting cast, all that. I, I get all of that. But it's pretty clear Brandon Staley was not the right coach for this team. I don't think anybody can argue that right now. Brandon Staley was hired to fix his team, fair or unfair. Brandon Staley did not fix the team. Facts. Now, it is much higher than Brandon Staley, in my opinion. But that does not absolve Brandon Staley. And GS in the chat says, I feel bad for Staley. That was brutal. I was sitting there watching that game, and I was like, please just stop showing him. Like, I just feel bad. You're watching this, and it's just like, just... Throwing the damn towel. That's how it was feeling. So Brandon Staley shouldn't. And I I was with you, Jake. I didn't think that this team would fire Brandon Staley prior to the end of the season. I didn't see that coming. That is kind of new territory, new frontier. And I would be surprised. I would. Even for the Chargers and their history and things they have not fired coaches for. A national embarrassment on prime time. Not Franchi- franchise records for both teams. The Raiders scored the most points that they've ever scored in franchise history, and the Chargers give up the most points that they have ever given up in franchise history. Not the type of history that you want to be a part of. No, no. Uh, Robert S. said, is it, is it too early to start talking about the 2024 draft? What an embarrassment. Uh, not at all. Not at all. All are welcome in this conversation. Come on in, baby. Um, you know, it's not too early now. I think now they are definitely eliminated. And I believe Chargers, Jake, good news. Well, as of this moment. As of right now. As of right now, given they have a half a game lead on a lot of these guys, but as of right now, Chargers hold the five spot for the 2024 NFL draft. We'll see how long that lasts. Yes. Shout out to BLRKFLE for the $2 donation and a $5 donation with the comment, this is what the Chargers look like without Justin Herbert for everyone who was wondering if Herbert was a guy and worth the contract. It is so stupid to me when people question Justin Herbert's leadership or question his ability or question if he's worth the contract or question, you know, his top five, 10 rate, whatever. It's all stupid. Are there things that Justin Herbert can improve on? Yes. And we've talked about those at length, but he's right, Jake. 
that game. That shows Whoa. you how much it shows you how much he means to this team, without a doubt. Now, granted, you also didn't have your number one wide receiver out there, but in reality, it really wouldn't have made a big difference. But in the big picture of things, yes, this is how much Justin Herbert means to this team. And when people still ask this about the mainstream media, like, you know, Amazon definitely flamed the Chargers with that charging graphic that they threw up. <laughs> I said this months ago about the mainstream media. They do not care about this franchise. And I'll say, I'll be true to that. They I mean, you also don't, don't care about your feelings either, but yeah. And they love to flame this franchise because this is the response that they get. And on top yes. of that, it's the narrative that the Chargers have created for the better part of 20 years. So they are not, they're not absent. <laughs> they are partially responsible for, for what is happening. Yeah, they are. Uh, Kevin A says, to think some fans wanted this team to make the playoffs. To do what exactly? They got dunked on by the Raiders and they're 63 points. They got murdered by a competent team. I wouldn't even say the Raiders are a competent team, which is the sad part. They were without their running back. But it arguably, is, it's wild when you have a week that's ago, the bar they looking lost at. a game three to nothing. And then you come back out and you put 63 up on the board. What is Three that? What is that? And they go what is that more? What's, what is that more a testament of? The Raiders or the Chargers? 21 points right off the gate with like, what, five minutes left in the first quarter. And I think the Chargers had, what, five or six turnovers in that game? Like, Chargers defense, brutal. Chargers offense, brutal. Chargers heart, brutal. Chargers fight, brutal. Chargers ownership, GM, coach, the whole thing. Failure, like F, 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 F tonight. Organizationally, that can't happen. Like, it's one thing to lose, which a lot of people were wanting and expecting the team to lose. But there is something to be said about the way in which you lose. That's like... You can't get worse than that. Literally, you cannot get worse than that. XX, I don't know how to say it. We hit an all-time low, he says. Girthy guitarist, shout out. Staley should be left in a Nevada desert. Did anyone see Spanos, says GS. Did anybody see Spanos when the camera panned to him picking his teeth? What a bum. I didn't see that. But I did see a rumor. I think it was like NFL rumors that said that there was some tweet about Dean Spanos saying that Brandon Staley is going to be fired today. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's true or not. I, I wouldn't. I doubt it. But that. like, I genuinely, personally, would be surprised if he's not fired before the end of the season. At this point, Nikon says Eckler was having fun as the ship was sinking. I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, let's see. Mean Green Goblin. Thanks a lot, Charge. I'm going to be bullied at work now. <laughs> feel for you, dude. I feel for you. Uh, Demetrius Jones says, where do we go from here? Jake, the floor is yours. We started our 2024 roster construction series. Yeah, we've, we started the draft talk. It, you know, th this is what I always say to people when these type of times come around, especially for Chargers fans, when it gets really tough. Now this feels... You know, that rock bottom. You don't have your starting quarterback. You know, he's done for the remainder of the season. 
lucky us Chargers fans, we still have three more of these games to go before we officially close the book on the 2023 season. So how do you cope with times like this? Start watching film. It, I kid you not, it is one of the best therapies you're ever going to have. It's going to make you feel a lot better. Let's see. Buccaneer Bruce. This game had the same feeling as many of the Bucks game I've watched since 1979. Earlier, he said that he was also a Chargers fan. 42 to nothing at a half means your team quit. He doesn't have the locker room at all. Jake, uh, Chris Krim, yep. I believe, He's- from ESPN, put out a tweet today, and it was looking back on, I believe it was last week, about the Chargers quitting on the team. And he I think said, it was the quote after the Baltimore game, I think. Yeah, he, he said, said, this is a quote. He said, after losing to the Ravens in week 12, Chargers Brandon Staley said that the Chargers would be getting blown out of the stadium if his messaging had stopped coming across to players. The Raiders lead 35-0 with two minutes left in the second quarter. Mm. So... The Chargers would be getting blown out of the stadium if his messaging had stopped coming across to players. Fast forward. Fixed, what, it, what was the final score? 63 to 21. Message well sent. There's the message. <laughs> There's your message, folks. This season in game was gut-breaking, I believe. And it was. I've mentioned this a few times. Like this season's been tough, man. Like for me personally, covering the team and also being a fan of the team now for 25 years plus, this was a low. And I've seen lows, but this is a low. Mauricio says they have to clean up the house. I was a big fan of Brandon, but there's no way he's staying after something like that. I agree. There's no way Brandon Staley stays. There's no way. Period. Like there is no way. No. And I was a big fan of Brandon Staley as well. And I have supported Brandon Staley. And I have come to his defense and try to bring perspective. And I don't want to say defended Brandon Staley, but provided perspective. At least I've tried. You can't defend the body of work at this point. And the red lines have been crossed. It's as simple as that. Eddie says, it's a sad deal to lose the Raiders like we did, obviously. Jake, you and I talked about this. Do you, A lot of people in like the tank season, already in 2024 draft mode, wanted the Chargers to go over. I said, look, I would love to see them still win for the rookies and the younger guys. But if they were going to lose a bunch, I'd like to see them at least beat the Raiders. Do you know how long this score and screenshot is going to live in Chargers Raiders history? You're going to see this for years. It was against Easton Stick. So if they want to hang their hat on that, by all Doesn't means. Matter. But Doesn't I, matter. I, it's, it, tr- trust me, in a weird roundabout way, Dan, it showed the full picture of what the problem with this franchise is. If you put it in perspective like that, because the problems that were shown tonight are very deep-rooted beyond player, beyond head coach, it goes up to the top. Yep. Uh, lots of questions here, Jake. I'm going to try to go rapid fire here. Uh, so I'm going to go from the bottom up because I think I'm a little behind. So let's just go quick. 
Uh, let's see. Greg says, what happened to the O-line this year? What was expecting a solid year? I know we missed Lindsay, but come on. Yeah, let's say this, this was, I mean, you're still dealing with four of your five starting offensive linemen. And prior to this season, this was an offensive line based on talent that you drafted last year, how you had constructed it over the last few years to protect Justin Herbert, obviously a mix of young and veteran talent on this line. But the better season that Trey Pipkins had in 2022, not so much this year, this team before this, or excuse me, this unit before the season started was projected as a top 10 unit. It is now probably ranked around, you're probably looking at the bottom five. You're probably looking at the bottom five and it has showed. And you see Rashawn Slater today? Yes. And Corey Lindsley's absence has, it, it's, it has, it has been clear how meaningful he was on that offensive line. Yeah, but on top of back. the regression, top of the regression that you have from guys like Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer, and Trey Pipkins collectively, this has been just an utter disaster. It's been an utter disaster for an offensive line that hasn't been able to pass block well. It obviously hasn't been able to run block well. And these are the results. Robert D says, Tank, I get the best draft pick you can get. I think a lot of people that are looking for folks and draft picks are happy tonight. Uh, for folks who are tuning on ESPN Radio, you can follow and listen to the full episode on Chargers Unleashed on YouTube. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. We're going to be there. We're going to be on here for a while, so be sure to continue listening. Uh, let's see. Raiders act like they won the Super Bowl, says Young West. Uh, yeah, I would imagine Raiders fans are probably happy. Uh, looks like the director... Shout out to the director. Director gave folks a mission to come on to Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to the director, man, the myth, the Always legend. Always appreciate that, man. Great friend. Uh, love that man's family. Great, great dude. Uh, director Raid, I love this. There's so many Raiders. Or Raiders, oh no, sorry. So many Directors fans. Here for the director side. Comment from the director. <laughs> Jorge Rodriguez says, Staley is the man? I think that's probably a reference to the man for getting us a better draft pick. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let's get back to some of these comments. Do we think Spiller showed enough to be the number two back? Jake, what say you? It's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. It, it, it was very weird, Dan, just through his, again, his usage in this game. Short yarded situations, like after he would get a four or five yard gain, it came to like a third and uh, one situation. And then Eckler goes back in for a dive. Uh, it, it it just was a very weird situation. I, I thought that at times during this game, especially late in the game, he showed the things that he was good at in a very small sample size. But you look at that and you're just like, okay, how good does it actually feel when mentally you know where this team is already at? And while running the ball and scoring points and every little thing that you're trying to pull out of it, again, in a in a season that really no longer matters, I get it just for his standpoint. But it's the it's the obvious the overall usage. I don't know if Spiller moving forward it ends up taking over for for Kelly. I truly don't. I really don't know if that's going to happen. This may just be a standpoint of coaches just trying to get reps for him, mix him into it. As I know that they were trying to they they brought him up for the Denver game last week. Um, 
it's just really hard to evaluate it after a game like that. I, I still would not say that there's any concrete evidence there that would make me think otherwise. Jake, we've seen a few people in the chat mentioned that Staley has been fired or the seeing Staley's been fired. I haven't seen anything. Haven't seen anything like that yet. So to me, this is all rumors until I see something more concrete. Um, if people see something, share a link, whatever, we'll look for it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Francis said, ouch, reporter, do you expect me to coach tomorrow? Brandon Staley says, I don't know. Then someone to follow up, do you think it should be the coach? Staley says, yes. He, he went further. The, the reports went further than that. Staley was talking about, you know, games like this happen. It's it's even if even when they do happen, because he's not wrong, we saw what happened in the Denver Miami game earlier this season. But things things happen after something like that takes place. It's not necessarily the best thing in the world to be so cavalier about a situation like this and a final score like that. <clears throat> it It's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, somebody asks, do you think Kellen Moore regrets coming to the Chargers? What say you, Jake? I mean, maybe for the sake of his, his own future, maybe, because we remember what we were saying that, we thought that Kellen Moore was possibly going to be insurance if the Chargers ended up moving beyond Brandon Staley after this year. There's been nothing to show for that, that that no. should be the case. I, I, I have heard <laughs> and read stuff online talking about the possibility of him having interviews, but I don't see how there's any way that you would possibly promote him as a head coach. Absolutely not. I don't even, no. I don't even think, and I even said it, I thought that he was going to be a head coaching candidate for some team, if even if it wasn't the Chargers, because of the attention that he was getting during his time in Dallas, I don't feel that way anymore. Obviously, definitely no. don't. Panda feel Boy One Hundred says, "Director sent me. Director sent me a quick little text of hey. him, of him watching us in pain. Like <laughs> that's his that's his pain face. I I, mean, I think so. I'm, he didn't tell me. It's the I, can't tell, I can't tell. I can't tell. It's a little bit of a mixture of painful and somewhat happy. <laughs> Honestly, the director is the right best. The line. I if you guys okay, please go subscribe, watch the director if you haven't already. I know he's about a bunch of people here, but please return the favor. Uh, the director's awesome and one of the best guys out there for Chargers fans to go listen to. Uh, let's see, Billy gives us a five dollar donation. Shout out to you, thank you so much. Uh, people want to. There's a lot of people looking for. Oh, look who it is! Oh, it that is a pain face. It was a pain face. Okay. It is that, a pain face. That clears a lot of things up. Thanks. Yes. Uh, movie that, fans gives us a $1.99 donation here. I was at the game. It was embarrassing. Left early. Honestly, movie fans, that I'm was so, me I'm last sorry. week. That was me last week. I'm sorry for anybody who literally had to go. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm literally sorry. That any who any of you who spent your time and your money to go out and watch that product tonight, I am legitimately sorry. It's it was bad. That stat about the third and fourth downs, of the offense being one for twenty five in two games. God, Allen is by far not the answer. Take him away too. This is kind of the interesting. And no, Kyle, that's not an iPhone six. I think it's like an iPhone fourteen Pro Max. Okay, okay, let's not get it twisted. I don't live in two thousand eight. Come on now. Uh, 
a lot of people <laughs> random asked, how do the Chargers win five games? Thank you. You look at this team now and got asked the same question. Now, obviously, this team has Justin Herbert versus not different. But like, what happened? Like, they just fell off an absolute cliff. Uh, what's up with Derwin? Dude, real talk right now, Jake. And I don't know if I'm going to regret saying this. How many players do you think are worth bringing back on this team? Honestly, given the cap construction issues and the roster and the salary cap numbers, they're like 40-something else, 40-something million over the cap. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Corey Lindsley, Trey Pipkins, Eric Kendricks. Legitimately, at this point, if you can trade, release, hopefully trade, and get as many draft picks as you can, I don't see why they don't make moves for all of them at this point. All of them. Like, and that's the sad, like, and that's sad. That might be my emotions messing with me right now. But Derwin James this year, regardless of the coach, hasn't been great and is not worth the contract that he was given this year. There's no arguing that. Keenan Allen has been a specimen, has been an absolute alien, and you will see riots in the streets if he is traded, released, whatever. Does he want to come back? Honestly, does he want to come back? Khalil Mack has been an absolute legend for Chargers fans and the Chargers team this year. Leading the nation in sacks for what? And look how much cap hit they have. Mike Williams injured. You go down the list, think about how many draft picks they can get. And how much money they... like. I, the it's hard, so, the hard part about ruthless. that is, Dan. The hard part about that is, is when you're talking about some of the premier players for this team. It's the contracts that are attached to it that it's going to be very, very tough to get what you would consider fair draft value back if you're able to do that, because the giant cap takes away the draft value for what a team has to take on financially. The draft value will then be subsequently lower to the team that's giving him away because of that. We saw that in the JC Jackson situation with the new England Patriots. So personally, if you went, if you just went down the list, top four, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, personally with the situation that the chargers are in right now and in the red lines for where they are financially and how to, what they need to do to get under the cap. I automatically say out of the gate that Keenan Allen should be the only one that should be coming back. In terms of those four, beyond that, yeah, I think I agree. Honestly, beyond that, thinking about it, like it, it would kill me to see Keenan play for another team. That I, of all players I've yes. ever seen as a Chargers fan and covering this team, that's the one. Right. Beyond that, as far as contracts, trades, anything like that, the GM has to change in order to have any notion that that type of thing is going to take place. And for a GM that doesn't really execute trades, period, at all. I wouldn't expect the one that's currently in place 
if he remains in place for the Chargers to do anything like that. It needs yes. to be broken down from the top. GS says, out of respect, trade Mac. Uh, Eddie says, fire the whole coaching staff except Ryan Ficken. Ryan Ficken has been a legend, but even that tonight, even hey, that it, tonight, you saw penalties, you get, you saw turnovers. fail, you fail everywhere. When, when is a team to lose as a team? And it, indeed, they did tonight. Jill says, but players have not been put in positions to succeed, so hard to really evaluate who to keep. True and false. There have been instances where players have not been in positions to succeed. There have also been existence. There's also exists times where you have seen the secondary in position to succeed and then catastrophically fail. Go look at the next gen stats of Mike of Mike Davis from just tonight, let alone the rest of the season. Gotta go Mike back and Davis, watch the end of that Packers game. Watch That's the a... Titans game. There, like, there, there are some instances where I feel for Brandon Staley because he has these guys in the right position and then they absolutely piss down their pants. I'm sorry. That's probably disrespectful, but like it is so infuriating to watch this stuff happen. I don't know what happened to these guys. I don't. Bigger story. Bigger story. There are people asking about Belichick and asking about Harbaugh and asking about all the like possible options and talking about the draft. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, Jake, but I think it has to be said. I do don't... You don't want to be a Debbie Downer. That means you just joined my crew. I know. I know. Go I'm ahead. not used to this, but I'm <laughs> like, I'm so angry right now. I don't think it matters who the hell the coach is for this team. If their boss is the same guy that has been here for the past decade, Correct. it won't matter who the head coach is. If Tom Telesco is still here. Agreed. And, Truth be told, because you know how both Harbaugh and Belichick operate, they would want more control over front office decisions. So they wouldn't be coming here if Tom Telesco was here. So even if the Chargers wanted them, I still don't believe that they would make the choice. And side note, personally, I wouldn't want Bill Belichick. Uh, if we're taught, if we want to bring up all of the bad draft decisions that Tom Telesco has made. Bill Belichick ain't that far off when it comes to building a team through the draft, especially at the offensive skill positions. Uh, so it could be it could be uh, a good thing in that circumstance. But yes, to Dan's point, as it relates to the front office of this team, until that changes, there aren't many coaches at all, Harbaugh's, Belichick's, anybody, because we already have seen what this this team has done through Mike McCoy, <laughs> through Anthony Lynn, and now with Brandon Staley, and how the front office has built this team for it not to succeed for 10 years. You guys, like, you don't understand how far this runs deep. I see stuff in here about wanting to get Ben Johnson. You've talked about Frank Smith. We've talked about some of these guys that would love to. We'd love to see as possible Chargers head coaching candidates. I hate to break it to you, and like <sighs> if the Chargers don't let go of Tom Telesco, I am 
pretty darn certain that Ben Johnston, Ben Johnson, excuse me, and Frank Smith are not coming through that door. No way in hell. Ben Johnson, Brandon Staley, Frank Smith. You know what they have in common? They all have the same agent. If you think that the agent of Brandon Staley, who represents those other guys, is going to tell his clients, did work for that guy, but it'll be fine for you. You are out of your mind. If Tom Telesco stays, there is no way that they are going to want this job because they saw what just happened. Say what you will about Brandon Staley. He's a respected coach amongst his peers. Period. Period. Not amongst analysts, not amongst fans, but amongst his peers, he's respected. Tom Telesco, we've talked we've talked at nauseum about all of the trickle down effects of Tom Telesco. We've talked about draft selections. We've talked about roster construction. We've talked about salary cap. We've talked about tendencies. We've talked about misses. We've talked about ineptitude. We've talked about lack of collective vision. We've talked about like so many things that have consistently happened. And if they just bring him back again, it's going to kind of take the wind out of my sails. Because why does it matter who I think the Chargers should draft? Because they've got a blueprint. We know they're going to draft a 6-7 guy from Florida State because he's a tall wide receiver and they want to play above the rim. They're probably going to draft a lengthy third-round safety. Because that's what works. Like, I, it just, it just sucks. It just sucks. The whole thing sucks. And that's why we talk about, like, systematically, there has to be changes, at least from Tom Telesco down. At least. Dan, you're not wrong there, but again, I think that you need to, and it's not just from a roster construction standpoint. So like you look at this lost season just as a whole, we had someone ask earlier, you know, how did the chargers even win five games this season? And really, I agree with that. You go back and you look at the Minnesota game and even the first Raiders game. Chargers barely got away with those. When you go back and you actually watch what took place, they were fortunate enough to get out of Minnesota after what they did. And luckily for them, Kenneth Murray was in the end zone, got an interception on that game. But just as a whole, Dan, as we've said, this team was not able to put together a complete game all season long, offensively, defensively, and special teams. They were never able to do that. Justin Herbert's 2023 season ended without securing a win over a quality opponent. And that's really sad, given the fact of he is arguably looked at as one of the better quarterbacks in this league. And for the talent that you brought back, this was the all-in year. This was it. You brought some of your guys back. You restructured a lot of contracts. 
And this was the product that was put on the field. And I, and you can't just go from to say, okay, well, the Chargers were a different team, you know, weeks one through three. No, they weren't. They're the, they were the same team every single week in one fashion or another. Either the offense fell flat on its face or the defense was giving up 45 points to Detroit. Whatever it was, this was just the season that anything could go wrong, and it did. And it did. So the Chargers were a bad football team collectively on what they produced on Sundays. I, I hear you on the talent, but talent only goes so far. Talent doesn't necessarily secure you wins on Sundays if you're not coached and you're not playing properly. So for the majority of this season, you have not been able to do anything to further development of certain players, free agents that haven't panned out the way you wanted to, returning big players that you restructured contracts for that didn't end up panning out, and your quarterback, obviously, that was playing with injuries all year, his, now, his season now ends in the most dismal fashion possible. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here that think they know how this organization is run. I'm telling you, Tom Telesco makes the roster decisions. You don't have to believe me. I don't care. You think it's someone else? Go for it. Tom Telesco makes those decisions. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, people talk about drafting K-9 was the mistake. They're talking about having faith in Kellen Moore. We talked about that. I don't know how you can't have faith in Kellen Moore, given this. But we also don't know like how much... Like There's so many levels of blame to go around. It's just... It's tough, man. It's tough. Movie fan says, we need a head coach who doesn't take any crap from anyone. Okay. This is the problem. That might be true, but that head coach has to be given an interview, has to want to interview, and has to be selected by the Chargers leadership. The last head coach that didn't take crap from anybody who was under a previous GM and AJ Smith, look what happened to that coach, Marty Schottenheimer, when he decided to raise his voice to the ownership. Think about that for a second. And since then, the Chargers have gone through Norv Turner. We know what Norv Turner is as a head coach in terms of what you would definitely not the hard-nosed coach that doesn't take a lot of crap. People were calling his last years in San Diego kind of just like the country club for how they operated. You go from that, then you switch to the Tom Telesco area. You go through Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, and now Brandon Staley. I don't disagree with that question or that with that sentiment. The problem is, is if unless this front office changes the way that they operate, you're not going to see changes on the field. You're not. You're not. JB2741 says, I think it's been evident the players have been or have had enough. They're getting injured for mediocre play calling. This was the only way they could force something to happen. This feels like the perfect shit storm. It's felt like that, honestly, all season. Like, the tight ends, running backs, the camp block. The offensive line, honestly, I didn't think the offensive line 
by themselves was as much of an issue as scheme and game preparation was. But tonight, offensive line was brutal. You're getting blown up by Jerry Tillery. You're getting cornerbacks blown up for pick sixes. You got 350-pound guys rumbling for touchdowns after scooping scores. Ethan Sis getting blown up. It like it's terrible. It's terrible. The director comes in. Who do we want? Jim Harbaugh. Who are we gonna get? <laughs> Never heard of. Him. Yes, I'm laughing so I don't so cry good. right now. So good. I'm laughing so I don't cry. But that but he's, is he's not wrong. I, until I would love to Tom see Telesco, Until Tom Telesco ain't here, he's not wrong. I'm telling you right now. Until I see Tom Telesco's name no longer attached to the Chargers, I'm not expecting much to change. Sorry. Call me a downer. Call me a... I don't care. I hope I'm wrong. He drafts like it's a basketball team. But it's not. Sean says, strip all the captains from their seas. Strip all the captains from their jerseys, I think he meant. Except Herbert and Mac and make Everett and Dicker captains. Herbert and Mac for sure, if Mac's still on the team. Everett for sure-ish, if he's on the team. Again, he's a free agent, so who knows? Dicker? Yeah, why not? Honestly, has is Dicker the only... So far this season, Dicker might be the only player on the Chargers roster who has been consistently great. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Like, how sad is that? Dicker the kicker. You know what? <laughs> Like you know yeah, Justin Tucker. Do you remember? Do you remember? It wasn't that long ago that we were on this show, Dan, talking about why the hell the Chargers just can't find a consistent kicker, and we were recycling. Remember back in the days when Young Way Koo was on this team, and that was back when he wasn't making kicks, and now he's just Mister Automatic in Atlanta, and now the only consistent player this season for your team has been Cameron Dicker, which. Great for him. Love the fact that he is here and that he is he is ours. But <laughs> that is when you say it like that, that's probably one of the saddest sentences I've ever heard in relation to a Chargers team. Good lord. Good lord. Okay, so um bring Brock home to California. So, Jake, you're on the let's talk about Brock Bowers for a sec. We talk about NFL draft stuff. Uh, lots of people are in draft mode. Yourself, big draft proponent. We go through yes, all kinds of draft topics. We'll go through position battle, like all that stuff's coming, which honestly, we're already kind of tr- starting to trickle that in. Uh, going through roster construction stuff. We talked about running backs and tight ends earlier today. Talked about the quarterback room, what they can do. We just talked about the tight end group and the running back group together. And one of the players that a large subset of Chargers fans are looking for at that top first pick of one tight end from Georgia, Mr. Brock Bowers. After watching that game, man, like Brock Bowers looks nice. I mean, but the thing is like how many players don't look nice for the Chargers right now? Any position (laughs) aside from quarterback, the Chargers need in this upcoming draft. Now, not necessarily in first round for some of those positions but essentially you need every position for what you for for how many holes you're going to have to fill on this team next year and Brock Bowers yes he's one of my 
top wants for this team as it relates to heading into the draft. And right now, the Chargers are in a great position to, if they stay there, possibly select him. Dan, we talked about this earlier when we were talking about 2024 roster constructions for the tight ends and the running backs. I just think that the dip between Brock Bowers and the next tight end, while there still are some good ones that you can find in this draft that are athletic and that can block, but the skill set that Brock Bowers brings to this, just his own skill set and what he could bring to the Chargers and what they need from the tight end position, a position that has been neglected by the draft and free agency for too long now, considering what you're going to what it's going to look like in the next one to two years. Brock Bowers is a weapon that Justin Herbert needs. And you need to install a head coach and an offensive coordinator that is going to utilize him in the right way as well. Because even still, you look at how the, the tight ends are utilizing this team under Kellen Moore. They really don't see the between the 20s that often. It's mainly in the red zone that they get most of their action. And I wish that that was different when you have two big-bodied guys like Gerald Everett and Donald Parham. I don't think they take enough advantage of their type of mismasters between the 20s and to move them down the field. Brock Bowers, though, is a different story. In terms of what this team needs from run blocking, for what he can do in the passing game with as athletic as he is to move in between routes and manipulate defenders, he's the total package. He is probably what a lot of people wish that Kyle Pitts was going to be in the NFL. But the weird part about it is in, in Atlanta, he's just never used. He's just really never used. And to see how high he went in the draft, Brock Bowers on this team with Justin Herbert, that would be something to see. It would be. It would be. Uh, exclusive restricted free agent. We saw someone come in here saying that it won. Cameron Dicker is also a free agent. He is an exclusive restricted free agent, which means the Chargers can sign him back for pennies, and he will be a Charger. So not really. Cameron Dicker will be the kicker for the last time just Chargers moving forward. No need to worry there. Uh, Tony A. Boof, bad beat. I lost 8K on this game on the Chargers, and they get to keep their paycheck after this oh. game. Yeesh. Uh, a lot of love for Ryan Ficken. A lot of love for Ryan Ficken, and deservedly so. He, three, four weeks ago, we talked about if the Chargers did make a coaching decision, coaching change. I said he'd probably be the only one that I would think has the least amount of blood in his hands. And, but like, yeah, I think it was Benjamin Albright talked about it. Like, nobody within the Chargers organization is trusted to be a head coach so like why like who would i don't know who's gonna be like i don't know but if there was That's a guy it's probably part. ryan ficken i guess i guess um over or under on how long staley has left as the head coach in the line is set at 12 hours over or under it's going over it's going over I understand some people here in the chat have, have said some stuff as far as, you know, what the longevity and hey, hey, you may be right. I'm just going off of what this organization has shown us until I see differently. I, I, I just won't believe it until I see it. Uh, Dan, some player comments coming in now from the locker room. Mm -hmm. This is from Bridget Conn talking to Khalil Mack. Leo Max said, tonight was embarrassing and probably one of the nastiest, ugliest losses of my career. How do you think that that felt for Khalil Mack to even have that Dang. done to him against the team 
that he used to play for. He, yeah, talk about like a rise or fall, six sack game to this. I feel for Khalil Mack, man. Like, I, I don't, I just, I got no words for him. Uh, let's see. Mateo says it wasn't Dan defending Brandon and Lombardi for so long, but the arrogance which he chided those that criticized him. We remember. Oh, Mateo. I'm glad you brought this up. See, perspective is a hell of a thing. And facts are also a little fickle when it comes to this fan base a lot of times. And today, especially, I thought it was so apropos that people are taking victory laps on the graves of this defense. But only talk about the defense when you had how many turnovers and you lost 63 to 21 and your offense did that? Coming into me acting like it's the defense's fault only that this team is bad? Miss me with that. Miss me with that. And yeah, Lombardi wasn't great last year. There were a lot of things that could improve, but there were a lot of things that this offense did that was pretty darn good last year. Nobody wanted to think about that. Everyone wants a scapegoat. Everyone wants the one thing that they can point to because that's how the brain works. But anyone with a brain that actually looks at the bigger picture will notice and recognize it's not just one thing. It's not just the defense. It's not just Brandon Staley. It's not just the secondary. It's not just Tom Telesco. It's not just that the Chargers have fewer fans. It's like there's a lot of things at play here. No one wants to believe it. So miss me with that. Like there are things that Brandon Staley has been bad at. Jake, you and I talked about this for weeks now. Why did he not make changes personnel wise way earlier in the season? Now you can argue who else is walking through that door. Like the guys they have to replace Mike Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. And Jazir Taylor are guys like a seventh round draft pick, a sixth round draft pick, a UDFA, a waiver wire pickup. What, like, who is he going to replace these guys with? But still, it took too long. And it's frustrating when you see a team that people believe has so much talent. And Jake, you and I have talked about this. Like, there's a lot of guys that talk about this, like, top tier, top end talent on this team. I don't know if that's what wins football games. You need some of it, sure. But you need, like, you got the A players. You got to have some Bs, too. Got to have a lot of Cs. You can't just have As, Ds, and Fs. Some more quotes here from Khalil Mack, Dan. Again, Britt from Bridget Condon. Khalil Mack on Brandon Staley. This is his quote now. Quote, you talk about believing in a coach. Of course, we believe in him, and he believes in us. There can't be a disconnect when you love this shit the way that I do. We've got to move on. This is interesting, Dan, because just after the Broncos game, Daniel Popper's article in The Athletic, I remember him asking Derwin James about very similar subject matter. And Derwin James, not prompted at all, basically just came out and said, there's, there's something not right between us in this group. You kind of put some tea leaves together there because this is not something that's new. This is a question that has been brought up to players 
in general around these type of circles for a while now. I personally believe, and this is kind of what the quote was referencing earlier from the Baltimore game, I personally think there's a huge disconnect in this locker room, and it has been all season. I don't know why. I don't know why. I wish I knew why. But there's a. I believe that the players want to play. I do believe that they're giving effort. I don't believe that they have quit for their own self-sake, but there is something I- that is happening between game preparation, watching film, coaching, player development, to the point when you get on su- there on Sundays, it just is not clicking. And when you cannot recover from that on a week-to-week basis, you've kind of lost the locker room. And there is a disconnect between player and coach. And when that finally happens, Dan, there's no recovering from that. I agree. There's no recovering from that. I agree. Uh, completely denying the fact that the defense has been bottom five the past three years is insane. Pass defense has been absolutely dreadful this year. Rush defense is absolutely dreadful last year. Pass defense this year has been brutal. Like it has been absolutely horrendous. If you want to go look at why, like why. I'm not going to give the answer because everyone who thinks if I give the answer, people say that I'm just defending Staley. Why do you think the past defense has been so leaking? They've given up so many explosive plays in the comments. You tell me, why do you think that's happened? Who's to blame for that? I don't know. Jake, you got a lot of these. Uh, let's see. Naf and friends. Every radio host says management is the problem. Dan Patrick said, coaches don't want to coach for this team due to management. I don't see a great coach anytime soon. I think I said that 20 minutes ago. It's not wrong. As long as this front office still thinks the exact same way that they have been thinking for a long time, then no, that's not, they're not going to get that. Colt dog. We have a few A's and a whole lot of C's and D's. Eddie says, if our bolts get a top five pick, they should trade down as many times as possible. To inherit more draft picks in 2024. Jake, the floor is yours. God, <laughs> I've been asking for the Chargers to trade down what feels like the better part of a decade now. And it got to the point when you realize that Tom Telesco just doesn't trade down. Like, hey, guy, I'm not even asking for you to trade down in the first round. Just give me any trade down. I don't even care if it's in the seventh and you happen to perform it. Just show me that you'll do it. No, no, no. <laughs> this would be the one thing that I would love to see if they were able to do it because, and this would be the year really to do that, even though I've said that previous years, but with the, as many holes that this Chargers team is going to have to fill going into 2024, trading down, if you had high capital like that, especially when you think about who's going to be on the board at that point in time, obviously quarterbacks, you're probably going to have that three go in the top five, possibly. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be one of those selections as well. One of the top offensive linemen and Joe Alt is probably going to be up there. But any team that wants to jump up for potential quarterbacks, and if the Chargers remain at five, that could be extremely beneficial for them to, to get more draft capital. Let's see. Let's get some of the answers. Michael Davis out here thinking it's flag football. It's been a bad year for Michael Davis. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Someone says, Bill Elf says, can the coach be fired? 
again, right? This is reasons why the past events has been terrible and given up so many explosive plays this year. Someone says Mike Davis. Someone else says the scheme. Someone else is saying because our corners honestly aren't that great. I put out a tweet earlier today showing, again, PFF isn't the Bible, but put out PFF grades of all the corners that have played for the Chargers team this year. Go look at those. Go look at those. Uh, Sean says offenses have figured out Staley's defense long ago. Michael Schmidt says CBs are bad. A lot of this says, oh, someone says defensive scheme was too complicated for the players or the players were not coached up to it. Probably. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a way to say otherwise. JB says, Spanos is too cheap. Didn't want to fire Staley and pay him while paying another coach. The players did this on purpose. This is how to fix egos. Let them fall on their face in front of everyone. That last one, Jake. Let them fall on their face in front of everyone. I think I tweeted about this a couple of, maybe an hour ago. National primetime embarrassment. Maybe that's what Spanos and company needed to force their hand. I don't know. Maybe. Do you like, do you think so? Do you think that performance changed anything more than any other loss? We'll see. It, it could be exactly what this front office needed to see. And when I'm talking about front office, I'm talking in this circumstance about ownership, because I hope they see the full picture in this about where all of the failures have been. Now, it's unfortunate that we have to sit here and talk about this type of a situation and this type of a rock bottom. (laughs) Uh, And especially for the fans that went to see this game. Jeez. It's the worst for them. Anybody that had to watch from the coach of their home, any Chargers fans that were dedicated enough to go to that game in Vegas tonight after they know that the season's done, after they know that Justin Herbert is not playing, and then that, and then you have that happen. That's who I feel for for the most right now because that's horrible. But I hope from a standpoint of national embarrassment, getting ripped on by Amazon Prime and having that charging term come up right in front of your face. I hope that's exactly what what needed to happen. Bobby Bottles, the head coach, defense coordinator is to blame, but help is coming during the offseason. Dan Quinn to the rescue. Jake, you and I talked about Dan Quinn, actually. I like Dan Quinn. I think he'd be a good fit. So you, think, you took you took one coordinator from the Cowboys. Now you're going to take another one. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Dan Quinn, Super Bowl experience. You saw what he did to that defense. Like, yeah, that defense has Micah Parsons. But you saw what happens when Diggs went down. They got another cornerback that leads the NFL's history in pick sixes, I believe. That defense is looking pretty darn good. So was the Rams defense when they brought in Brandon Staley. Sorry. So, so should, Sorry. So should they should they not bring a defensive coordinator in? I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, look at who's on that defensive squad. And if you compare that to what the Chargers have now, it's night and day. Fair. Uh, Ahmed says, Spanos family won't empower a good GM or coach to make decisions on behalf of their wallet. Historically, this I, is true. This is true. We'll see if it continues. Uh, Tom Lewis says Staley is gone tomorrow. Michael Schmidt says, why do you want a GM who sucks in second and third rounds to trade down? 
So you don't pick in the second and third rounds? All I was saying was from a standpoint of my own narrative of wanting to see a trade down to accumulate more picks. It's my own little <laughs> narrative of just wanting to see Tom Telesco trade down instead of trade up because the Chargers needed it. So just making a funny point. Not that I wanted to see him <laughs> do it, but it, it was a betterment no, for the team. No, we I do. If we obviously saw what he did with, with third round picks. We obviously saw what, he, what Tom Telesco did with third round picks that didn't pan out. Hello, Trey Pipkins. Hello, Trey McKitty. Hello, JT Woods. Mm. So <laughs> it's 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 one thing to trade down, but then it's also about picking the right player if you're going to stay pat. And unfortunately, the Chargers haven't done that enough times. Yes, an example we talked about earlier. Someone tweeted this to me. I think it was yesterday, but they uh, they offered the idea. Well, what if the Chargers like traded down from six ish to like ten? What would that value get them? And it was basically, I think it was you could trade your six overall, trade down to ten, and you also get a late second round pick. And in my eyes. That's cash money. I'm doing that. I'm I doing think, that. I think you're guaranteed to still get a good player, regardless of the position. You'd be in a good spot to just go BPA at that point. And yes, picking up an additional second round pick would probably be just what this team needs. Tyrone Smith says DBs aren't good in man coverage, period. Staley's scheme relies on excellent man D. Okay, interesting. You would think that Brandon Staley knows this. I would think Brandon Staley has requested to fix that. Why hasn't it been fixed? Why haven't they brought in guys that could have fixed some of these issues? Bryce Callahan's just chilling on his couch. We all talked about how easy of a connection John Johnson would have been this year. Nothing. Dan, there's a question that chat real quick says, would you trade Herbert? to the Bears for a first-round pick and a rookie contract. No. No. First of all, first-round pick, <laughs> you better you better up that ante a lot more if you're going to be talking about that. But no, the answer is no. I would not do that. I wouldn't either. Uh, Theory says, can we get Harbaugh, please? Jake, how would you feel about Harbaugh being on a... Is, uh, my question is, is Tom Telesco still the GM of this team? I don't think he can be if Harbaugh's here. He can't be. He can't be. That would be the only scenario that I would see with the possibility of the Chargers getting Harbaugh. If Tom Telesco is still on the team next year, you're not getting Ben Johnson. You're not getting Frank Smith. You're not getting Jim Harbaugh. You're not getting Bill Belichick. I'd be shocked if any of those guys even interview for this team. Uh, Ryan with a super chat, $5. Thank you. Shout out. If Bosa was healthy at and at the game over under on three sideline helmet slams. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm laughing because it's so sad. So sad. Uh, uh, let's see. They don't have a number one corner. Agreed. That's true. Agreed. Um, Let's see. Man, we're getting a lot of money here. This is awesome. Zach, shout out. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is honestly, this has been the most we've ever had tuning into a live show post game. I think we know why. This is the epitome of misery loves company in this type of circumstance. <laughs> it's, it's Trust me, it, it's not the type of topic that we would like to be talking with you guys tonight. I, I again, appreciate everyone coming in here. This has been fantastic. Um, but... <laughs> Yes. Apparently, misery does love company because everybody, rightfully so, is in their feelings tonight. 
Yes. Uh, what were we thinking with Staley? It's like handing the keys to the Ferrari over to Henry Ruggs. Honestly, go back to the Brandon Staley interview hiring. There were a lot of people who were excited about this. And there's a lot of people who were excited about the vision and the possibilities of what could be brought in. I think it's fair to say his vision did not work for this team. No. Now, you, there's a lot of reasons why. Not enough time tonight. But it's pretty clear that his vision did not align with the Chargers, players, the staff, front office, and it shows. It shows. Chargers fans went to the game to get crossfaded, Jake. <laughs> uh, let's see. If all goes well in the next two to three drafts, you might dig ourselves out of this current shit show. A lot of people unhappy here. Hey, great point by Jake, says Robert D. Uh, there's so many comments here, Jake. I can't even ke keep up. Anyone's here that you want to talk about? Oh, keep coming down the list, man. Keep coming down the list. Okay, let's see. Uh, KHY with a $2 shout-out. Still believing more. Also has a Dak Prescott jersey or player image. So I'm assuming this is a Cowboys fan. Y'all so, can laugh all you want now. I get it. Yep. Uh, to answer the question, no. No, I don't. <laughs> this was... I'm not sure which unit to be most disappointed in, Dan. And maybe Kellen Moore's offense, when you compare it to what we were expecting to be uplifted from the Joe Lombardi offense from last year, and this was supposed to unlock Justin Herbert. And Dan, we've talked about this too. It's just like everything that we heard in the preseason. Kellen Moore had quotes like, we're going to utilize the entirety of the field, spread things out, get guys involved. And you even just look at this from the standpoint of the usage from Quentin Johnston, that it literally took injuries to Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer for you to really start integrating him in this offense. And even still, the production has been subpar at best. Darius Davis, I know, specialty return man, you use him for like two jet sweeps a game. My question is, if you drafted both of these guys that have the speed that this team was missing a year ago, <laughs> why are they not being utilized on the field if you're going to spend that draft capital on them? Just a thought. Great question. I would have thought that Kellen Moore would have been able to improve this run game, regardless of what the stats say about Austin Eckler's last two years, which were good for him statistically. This year has just been an unmitigated disaster for this running group as a whole. It's It's been so bad. The Chargers with Kellen Moore, I never thought I would probably say that based off of what we've seen from him over the last couple of years. There's an argument to be made that this offense was less efficient than Joe Lombardi's last year. And that's saying it's something crazy. because I had plenty to say about Joe Lombardi's offense and none of it was good. But to look at it now, and when you look at tonight, when you look at last week against the Broncos, when you look at the week before that against the New England Patriots, the week before that against the Baltimore Ravens, the week before that against the Packers, it looks bad. It looks really bad. It does. It does. Um, Kevin A says, Telesco gone 100%. This was the final year of his second contract. He is gone. This would be a year 11 if he comes back, and I would imagine it would be a fourth 
head coach if he's brought back? Probably. Don Wrinkles, go Bolts? Question mark. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, there's a guy in here, Wheelie. He's talked about me having um, a book that Brandon Saley had talked about here, uh, kind of like a self-help book, personal growth, leadership stuff. Kind of a weird thing to like flex on, saying that I'm a simp because I got a book about self-help that he had. Like, give me a break. Uh, also. You can disrespect me, the show, all you want. But if you disrespect others in the media and that we work with, you will get blocked real quick. So whoever the wheelie guy is, one more time, we're going to block you. You don't talk negatively and disrespectfully about other people on this show. That's one rule we've had since day one. Chasing ghosts. I believe a lack of competition played a large part in the team's troubles this year. Kendricks was the only notable addition in the offseason. Every starting spot was set prior to training camp. You heard Brandon say talk about competition all year long. Was he wrong? It's, it's hard to really answer this one, Dan, because lack of competition. I'm not so sure there were things that, especially when if we're referencing Eric Kendricks here, I think Eric Kendricks did a lot of good for Kenneth Murray at the beginning of the season, obviously it's kind of come back to earth in that circumstance a little bit. I think there were mistakes that were made early on in the season with the cornerback rotation that Staley was having. So when JC Jackson was struggling early and then it was switching back and forth, Mike Davis, it was rotation between Asante Samuel Jr. and Jasir Taylor. Remember that battle that was talked about early in training camp that everybody was like, like, wait, what? Jasir Taylor is going to be the corner number three. And then I'll, I'll tell you, when we were at training camp, Dan, Asante Samuel Jr. had locked that position up and did it fairly early. So there shouldn't have been any competition there. So I think there was a lot of confusion as far as how that secondary was run. And unfortunately, I think it trickled down to the rest of the defense. Yes, uh, it's so bad. Chargers fans and Chargers are down so bad. We got Raiders fans in here uh, feeling bad for Chargers fans. They're asking us to keep Staley, please. We've got the Raider Nation, whatever that they do, which is so annoying. And I know that's why they do it, but whatever. Uh, shout out to you guys. Good luck in the playoffs. Thanks for the better draft pick tonight. Appreciate you. Uh, Sean says, or Rolando asks, is it a full, is a full rebuild necessary? Dan. I don't know how you much you define. I don't know how you define full, but uh, all I will say is there is a possibility, and you have to base this upon everything that currently is on the Chargers slate with financial contracts that they have going into next year, with unpredictability of certain players that are going to be on this team, with an even bigger possibility that you may not be able to fill all of those holes due to lack of cap space and however much draft capital you're going to have on top of whoever the head coach and the GM is going to be next year. Dan, I hate to say it, but there is a possibility. I, I hope to God that I'm wrong. And I hope to God, whoever the GM and the head coach of this team is next year, that they can figure out a way to turn this around with Justin Herbert at the helm. But there is a possibility, given all those factors, that 2024 could end up being a rebuild year. Yeah. Uh, Fellow Raiders fan. Here we go. Raiders fan here. You guys do not need any more players. I 
beg to differ, but what you need is a coach that shows passion. You guys also need to improve your guys' players' health since everyone gets injured. Like, it's crazy how every how year often, it seems like the black often the Chargers are getting <laughs> It gets crazy. Look how bad it was last year. And miraculously, somehow the Chargers made the playoffs. And then this year, and they just said, hold my beer. Like, Mike Williams. Corey Lindsley. Josh Palmer. You had Joey Bosa. JT Woods gone. You had, I think you had, um, uh, what the frick is his name? Not Derwin James, but the other freaking safety on this. Lowy Gilman. There we go. Thank you. Lowy Gilman was out for like a month. Like, probably the two guys you couldn't lose. You lost with Mike Williams, Corey Lindsay. Oh, and then Justin Herbert's both hands, like Edward Scissor hands. He's got stuff going on. Can't do anything. He's getting trucked by defensive linemen all day long. It's just brutal. It's just brutal. Uh, Matthew says, look at Denver. With a good coach, you can rebound pretty quick. We just need to find that coach. It's hard to argue against that. It really it's is. Just, it's just not. It's not just the coach that you need to find, unfortunately. It's not just that. I fully agree with you, but it's not just that. Yep. Let's see. Uh, as a football fan, happy for Antonio Pierce. Honestly, I agree. I love when Antonio, I like Antonio Pierce. I, I think he's a good coach. I think that's what that coach, what that team needed. And it's crazy that they have had two interim head coaches that have performed better than the head coaches that were hired. Like, go back to the Basaccia guy. And now this, this is crazy. HH4, Bowers is ours. Jake got a lot of people looking for Bowers. Vikings fans are now here as well. <laughs> Dan, I know I'm, I'm glad that this actually came up. So we have Raiders fans and Vikings fans in here now. And this was more of what I had talked to you about weeks ago when the postseason was in peril. The Chargers were just barely hanging on before they were ultimately, you know, playoff dreams were eliminated from that. But this is what I was saying in terms of look at some of these other teams and the adversity that they're dealing with. You have the Vikings that are still mathematically in playoff contention with the recycling of quarterbacks that they have had to go through. Cleveland Browns and their situation are still finding ways to win football games. The Steelers, aside from the last two weeks, they were doing that for a while with just an abysmal offense and quarterback play. What's the, what is the message that is being sent from guys like Mike Tomlin, from Kevin O'Connell, from guys like that? Who's where? What message is sticking with them that when you're going through that type of adversity, when you don't even have good quarterback play, that you can still find ways to win football games? Those are teams with an identity. Those are teams that are bought in. And there is something that is missing in this locker room right now that does not have that. Some of us are Vikes and Chargers fans. Uh, Jake, there was a question here earlier about GM possibilities. What I'm looking for, and what I think will be a very clear indication with how serious this Chargers organization is about fixing the fundamental issues is one, if they do move on from Tom Telesco, 
And two, who they bring in to fix the problem. If they Here's- bring in a first-time guy, which they probably it probably will be a first-time GM, but if they bring one from an organization that has not bred success, that has not had a culture of, su- of success, that has a culture of a collaborative approach, of collective vision, of GMs that are a part of this team minutia, whether it's part of the draft, part of free agency, part of like the day-to-day operations, going and watching game film with these guys, like part of the unit. I don't want them on the team. Like I'm talking, bring me someone from the Niners. Bring me someone from Philly. Bring me someone from Pittsburgh. Bring me someone from Seattle. Bring me someone from Kansas City. That'd be lovely. Give me one of those guys. A lot of people have talked about Jojo Wooden, and he's kind of a candidate for GM candidates. He's interviewed open, with, excuse me. He interviewed with uh, Chicago, and I can't remember the second team that he had interviewed with recently, just over the last couple of years. But he's been a candidate. But again, even still, because that's been under Tom Telesco's team and that umbrella, I don't know. I don't trust I'm not, that. I'm not, I'm not familiar with what Jojo Wooden would bring to this, but because he's been part of that team, I can't say that I would entirely feel good about that. I, I'm I I don't. I don't know, but I just don't know if I can trust that because it's an in-house thing. And like, you got a clean house. Bolt Lounge. Telesco is the reason Philip Rivers put on a Colts jersey. That was criminal enough. Let's just try something new. KHY with another $5 donation. All the teams that are thriving and surviving with backup quarterbacks all have one thing in common, an offensive head coordinator. Jake, you brought this up to me. I think it was yesterday offline. And there's no rebuttal to this. You look at some of the the graveyards across the NFL, and you look at some of the backup quarterbacks. Yet Cincinnati, some of the teams Cincinnati are, is still staying in contention. Some of the teams that are still staying afloat. How? What? Why? why is it? Why is it that this team couldn't do it when you had your starting quarterback? Why is it you couldn't play a complete game of complimentary football when you had your starting quarterback? Why? I don't know. I, I I know it may just be saving face in that locker room, Dan, but you cannot convince me that there is not disconnect in that locker room because clearly there is. Yeah. Dan Delt says, hire someone who's worked under Roseman. Yes, please. Sure. Yes, please. Um, there's a, I think his last his name's Whittle, Whittle something. I think it's from San Francisco. I think he's like the assistant GM. Think he'd be a great candidate. Uh, someone says, I know we're going long here, Jake, but we got a ton of people in here because people are in their feelings. Uh, so as long as you guys are going with us, we're going. Uh, JJNS06. Not sure if you guys have been around long enough. Probably have. Enough to remember the Mike Riley. Staley is not like he was, just a raw, raw guy. Jake, you remember Mike Riley? Any similarities? <laughs> I mean, he coached from the Chargers from 1999 to 2001. So, yeah, maybe there are some similarities between Brandon Staley and, and Mike Riley in that circumstance. 
Dan says, keeping Telesco the definition of insanity, most likely opinion, most likely option for GM is some kind of nepotism. <laughs> uh, we got some people saying, Coriel coming back from the Bolts. Eric B, no effing way. Jake, would you be anywhere near Eric Bannamy? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Eric Bieniemy in this offseason, especially just with all the indicators that Ron Rivera is going to be out. I don't even know if Washington wants to promote him. <laughs> the interesting thing about it is, though, is that for everything, it, it, it's such a weird train for him. And I do feel bad for him in this circumstance because essentially nobody was giving him a head coaching opportunity because they thought that everything was running through Andy Reid. And now you see the Kansas City Chiefs now offense what? struggling from whether it's scheme or personnel or whatnot, and now it's it's somebody else's fault. It's just like what a what a weird roller coaster that's been. Yep. Uh Derwin James, here's a couple quotes from Derwin James, uh, from Bridget Condon. Derwin James said tonight was embarrassing. Quote, everything was going wrong out there, and I've never been a part of nothing like that. Derwin James on the belief in Brandon Staley. He's been there from the start with us, so we know what we've been through. We believe in him. Derwin James, and if there may be a disconnect between the players and the coaches, he said, there are a lot of times he, referring to Staley, makes a great call and we just mess it up as players. It's a business where we're all in it together. It's not going our way and there's no need to point the finger. Colin Coward just posted, Don't, didn't think this game would be interesting enough to even discuss tomorrow. I mean, what's the angle? I was wrong. I'd like to thank Brandon Staley for providing content for tomorrow's show. I mean, realistically, Brandon Staley and this off in this team brought content to everybody tomorrow. I mean, this is low hanging fruit at this point. It's just, it's, it's tough, man. Like all the head coaching options out there in the world. I'm not going to get excited until someone above them is brought in. A lot of people asking, you know, I want the Dan Campbell type. Sure. Sounds wonderful. Ben Johnson replacement head coach. Sure. That'd be a great offensive minded head coach, but I'm not bringing in another first time head coach. If we're not bringing a new GM with him that shares the same vision that starts from scratch with him. No way. No way. It's just, it's just brutal. And there's really nothing like this has been like a microcosm of this entire season where it's just like, you don't even know how, how do you even, how do you even step one foot in front of the other after this as a team? Like, what do you think that post game locker room was like? Like a bunch of that man. It should have been quiet as hell before Brandon Staley walked into that locker room. And I imagine that it didn't get much louder after he was done saying whatever he needed to say after that. Do you Derwin, think as, I, I don't know what you could say, really. <laughs> you probably may, you probably say two sentences and you're done. There's not really much to say after a game like that. Really? And the players know that. You, who like who really cares? What the hell is said at that point? The play spoke for itself. 
people talking about Mac is swearing for sure. I don't think so, honestly. Mac seems like the type of guy that would be sitting there just fuming without saying a word. Like, he's not the type of person that's going to go out there and rage on everyone. Like, he speaks with his actions. But if he's going to talk, he's not going to be swearing at everybody. I just don't see that. But someone, someone says, I'd want to be at that party. (laughs) That would be an interesting party to go to. If you were a fly on the wall, you could see some shit. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, I think we're going to see a lot come out here in the coming weeks. Once decisions are made. Because this has been 30 for 30 type stuff about how catastrophic and how spectacularly they have failed this year. Yep. Lance, we're closing out here, guys. I think we'll probably go another five minutes or so. So get your last minute questions or topics. We'll try to go as quickly as we can through them. Thank you for the donation. Herbert really is going to have to learn a new offense again. Yes. I've lost count, Jake. How many offensive coordinators has he gone through since Oregon? Is it seven? So he went through three when he was in Oregon. Then you had when he was with Anthony Lynn. Then you had the two years of Joe Lombardi. Now you so have six. Kellen Moore. So seven. Now yeah, you're seven. probably going to have another one. Seven. <laughs> and he's still putting up these numbers, which is crazy. Which is crazy. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Chargers, according to Bolt Lounge, Chargers have worst game of the season. The Chargers Unleashed has been the best podcast all year. We all love being Chargers fans. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate that. Um, I don't know if we all love being Chargers fans. That might be a stretch because like nights like tonight, it is hard. It's hard being a Chargers fan. It's it's hard being certain fan fans of teams in the NFL because I feel like yes, we you know, Carolina right now ain't feeling too good either, but you know, they kind of got some excuses given it's they've, they've got their rookie quarterback on his first year, but yeah, same sentiment, but it's hard being a chargers fan when you now have a makeshift dictionary term being yeah. created and plastered all over Amazon prime for everybody to see. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Prime delivery. Gotta love it. Uh, I'm gonna come back to the chasing ghost comment, but someone says at least they aren't the Panthers. Like, kind of, but also, like, the Panthers got a lot of excuses. Like, they're getting cut a lot of slack. The Chargers don't. They don't. They brought this on themselves. Jake, let's go rapid fire here. Do you think the family culture that the ownership and front office value is a problem? Can they build a winning program with accountability top to bottom that way? We'll see. They have not shown it over the past 10 years. So <laughs> recent history says, unfortunately not. Jonathan Herrera says, what went wrong with Salem this year? Last two, pre- last two previous years, they were improving each year. Again, 30 for 30. I mean, they went nine and what? They went nine and eight. Then they went 10 to seven, made the playoffs going the right way. And then Some, something has happened. I don't know what it is. Something has happened. Last year, you look at it statistically, Mike Davis had a pretty damn good year. This year, he yeah. has, yes, this year he has been atrocious. You look at Austin Eckler, you look at this running game. 
to think that the running game, when the Chargers couldn't run the ball under Joe Lombardi, to think that that could possibly get any worse. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. No. It's, it's really unfathomable the type of turn that you take in an all-in year coming in off of an embarrassing playoff loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars to come after all of that. And this is the product that you are left with. It's really unfortunate. It is. Five-year, $55 million given full control. Harbaugh, our only chance to contend in this division now with Peyton and Reed. Peanuts for a billionaire. It's a low-end wide receiver two salary. They got to want to do it. Like, we can ask for it. We can hope for it all we want. Chargers, leadership, whoever that is, I'm going to go probably John down. But probably John is going to have to allow collaboration and shared control. Which we know hasn't happened yet. And, and And maybe, and maybe not. Maybe it's at Tom's level. Like maybe if we get a GM and coach together that are aligned, we can understand what their roles and responsibilities are. And they can be upfront with each other on like what they can and can't do. Maybe that'll help, but they got to do it themselves. So, uh, Jake, as we round out here, Sean says, always next year is Chargers motto. 100%. Can't really argue otherwise. You'd like to eventually not say that, though. <laughs> You'd like to say, this is the year, but no. <laughs> Seventy-four fourteen. Speaking of all in, what a shame. Mm. The YouTube series, no more. They're out. All in motto, all out. Embro's All Stars preseason run game was good. Week it one was. Run game was good. Week one game was good. Where did that go? Uh, should we try giving Mayock another try at GM? No, no, I would. DJ, yes, but honestly, do you think DJ wants to? He feels like he got a pretty cush life right now. Again, I think that there was a little bit of discourse between the Gruden Mayock partnership in that circumstance, but yeah. no, I wouldn't go that route. Yeah, Zach Benson, five dollar. Holla. Uh, if Steelers move on from Tomlin, which would be so freaking stupid. We saw I saw Steelers fans saying they wanted to fire Tomlin. I'm like, what? Why? But if they did, yes, that would be a dream hire. <laughs> but at least you have the best YouTubers in the league. Thank you. Well, I think you're I hope is us. If not, appreciate that. Else. Uh Sean says, yeah, next episode should be all out. NFL should erase the Chargers team instead of new team. Spanos, no question, is the worst owner in the league. Bill Belichick will be available. Jake, do you want Bill Belichick? Yes or no? No. And uh, you, to double up on it, it, it won't happen if Tom Telesco is here. Now, again, I could be wrong. Nobody can listen to me as far as what I want or I don't want. But if Tom Telesco is here, you won't see Bill Belichick here. Bill Belichick, let's just say, has how many years left of coaching? He's going to want to go to a similar situation that he got in New England, and obviously he'll want to go someplace where there's a better quarterback. Yeah. Also, if he doesn't get all that, he's—I don't believe that he would come here. The the only way that I'd be down for Bill Belichick being here is if he brings someone in here that he tells us is responsible for managing the draft. Also, go look at Bill Belichick's last few drafts. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, if he comes here and tells us he's not going to manage. 
prospects, then we're talking. But <laughs> I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Uh, Jake, they have to do it. I'm tired. I'm just mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. Shout out to all of the Chargers fans, listeners, viewers of Chargers Unleashed. This is by far but a record for the most viewers we've had on a live show. And this is why we do it, because these are so fun to kind of get everybody's perspectives real-time, rapid speed. Jake, you're the optimist of the two. <laughs> what should be the mentality for Chargers fans? Honestly, don't just be a whatever. What should we think as Chargers fans between now and the end of the year? What should we look for? First of all, I'll tell the truth. You know, everybody <laughs> here knows who the real optimist is. I will slip that in there. But I'll but look, I'll say this, and I said this on our show earlier today. The best therapy to get yourself out of this mindset, because unfortunately the Chargers have three games left to play before we officially close the book on the 2023 season. My advice to everybody in terms of getting yourself mentally out of this funk. Go watch some draft prospects. I swear it is like the best mental help that you can give yourself when it comes to the struggles of the Chargers football team right now. It takes your mind off of it. It gets you looking to 2024, and it's a great way to get yourself through the doldrums of this season when there are, unfortunately, still three games left to play. Yes, I will say. I can, I've taken Jake's advice. Um, honestly, there are some really fun draft prospects. And you look at some of the positions that this team needs, cornerback, defensive end, tight end, wide receiver. There are some studs that can give this Chargers team hope. If this Chargers team can bring a lockdown corner, if they can get some blocking tight ends, if they can get some speed at running back and wide receiver, if they get a new GM and a new coach, there's still hope. It's as doom and gloom as this is right now. They're, in my opinion, still not as far away as people think. They're not. You got the quarterback. You got the left tackle. The quarterback's what you need. And you got it. So, the sun will shine again at some point, but that was a rough, rough, rough game. But the spotlight was shining on all that is wrong with this Chargers team. And here is to hopefully getting some semblance of solutions, maybe starting this week. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. But until then, please hit the like and subscribe if you are new to Chargers Unleashed, if this is your first time tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a comment. Give us some criticism. Give us some feedback. We always take it. Um, but until the next time we come on here, for Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, LA Football Network, Chargers Unleashed, thank you so much for tuning in. Get some sleep. Have some sleepy time tea or whatever it is, the brown stuff that you put in the glass. Add an extra finger Good for stuff. it because you need it. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you on the next Chargers Unleashed.